Now, before we jump into today's conversation, I just wanted to flag a trigger warning for this episode. During our conversation, we discussed trauma, sexual assault, drug abuse, and domestic violence. If you're not in the right space to hear about that right now, please do go ahead and skip this episode, and we look forward to welcoming you back next week. Hello, friends, and welcome to Creativity Uncovered. My name is Abby Gatling, and I'm on a journey to uncover how everyday people find inspiration, get inventive, and open their imagination. I basically want to find out how people find creative solutions and then how they use them at home, work, play, and everything in between. And my goal for this podcast is that by the end of it, you'll be armed with a whole suite of tried and tested ways to summon creativity the next time that you need it. Now, today I am speaking to Laura Martin, and Laura is a trauma and relationship specialist, and she has a special interest in mental health um, and creativity. And so I'm really excited to talk to Laura today because I'm just so curious to find out how trauma, relationships, mental health, how that all relates to creativity. Um, So let's find out together. Welcome, Laura. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Uh, and I appreciate you calling in you're you're all the way from Dallas Texas (laughs) other side of the world (laughs) yes where we're sweating because it's so hot (laughs) (laughs) definitely yin and yang I'm I'm rugged up to the Mm -hmm. nights right now um (laughs) so Laura um I'm firstly curious you you have a business called healing to happy which is such a lovely name (laughs) and it's intriguing so tell me let's start there what what's all that about yeah so there's been two iterations of my company there was one when i was living in asia and it was to help women that were struggling with ibs and so i specialized in the gut brain i guess i technically still do specialize in it you don't really get on but but anyways the gut brain connection and so helping women that had a lot of food sensitivities and a lot of fear around food and i did events and public speaking and created this whole accidental movement because i was never planning to be an entrepreneur i just had a whole bunch of problems with my my life and a whole bunch of trauma and all this stuff. And I just started to share my journey. And then the com- the second iteration of my company, which we've been going for about a year now, is around relationships and trauma and somatic attachment therapy, which is what I've really always wanted to do. I originally went to college to be a sex therapist and to learn about the human mind and why people do and pleasure and dating and things, but explaining that to your parents just seemed really awkward. So I dropped it for communications and made it my minor. Oh, Uh, I know. (laughs) I bet that would have been awkward. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, and especially because my mother, she, she was very Catholic. And so it just has always been a thing that's been within me, but Um, you know, I went through a journey of just a whole bunch of not feeling like I belonged in this world and a whole bunch of trauma, you know, sexual assault, domestic violence, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, eating disorders, chronic illness, a whole bunch of things. So it felt like I was too broken to be loved and too misunderstood. And I was always the black sheep, like even growing up, like I just never felt like I was, it didn't click. And so I would see all these happy people and I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like that doesn't actually exist. All of you are faking it and I know it. 
And now I'm one of those people for sure. Um, But I had this like dark side of my mind and I didn't get it until I started to step into this like self-development world and this healing space and all this stuff. And just kind of really realizing that, you know, it just came to me like, you know, you just like, they're like, what's your company name? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I just guess I have no idea, but it makes sense now that I look back at it. Like it chose me because it's like, you're always healing. You are always going to be healing something. And we have this elusive chase towards happiness when really happiness is the part of the healing. Like it's the journey. Your happiness is the choice that you turn on every day and you can choose that right now. And then you're continually healing. And so it it just happened, honestly. And then the brand grew into the name and it continues to grow into the name. And sometimes I play with changing it because I'm like, it's a little fruity and I'm not a fruity person, (laughs) especially if you look at my brand, you're like, it doesn't really match, but it really does underneath it because it's this continuous evolution of finding and rediscovering yourself and looking at these parts of yourself and finding peace within that. Wow. So you've had, you've obviously had a lot of trauma in your life, but now you're channeling that to help other people. Is that healing for yourself as well? Oh goodness. Yes. Like it is because for me, I did the first thing, what a lot of us do that have gone through trauma. We want to study it. We just want to understand. And so I went all in, I studied with some of the best in the world and I, you know, psychology, sex therapy, uh, health, nutrition, gut health, neuroscience, somatic attachment therapy, trauma. Like I went all in on it. And then I was like, wait, you know, we know a lot of stuff. We should probably apply it to our life because we kind of have been through quite the pickle in life. And so really putting that into my life. And then, you know, it's just that deep surrender and that knowing that all of the things that I've been through is like everything I've been through, one of my, at least one of my clients has been through it, you know, and to be able to sit on the side and not just say, hey, like I studied this and I went to school and I have all these things. It's like, no, I get what that actually feels like. And I can sit with you when you're in the dumps of that. And it's been very cathartic, I guess, in my own healing, because now it's neutralized because it's, it's just something that is there. It's not something that defines you. And then you realize more and more how everything has been put in your life for a purpose. That's so nice. I feel, I often think that like, even when you're going through such a, you know, like a really terrible time, you're kind of like, this will somehow change me in some way. (laughs) This will be some, not now, it feels terrible now, but in the future, this will make me stronger. But it's actually, it's kind of true, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Every single time. And it's, that's, we're lucky enough to have that mindset because that's not a lot of people, you know, a lot of people like to sit in the suck and it's just like, oh, this is happening and this is my life and this is what who I date and this is how my health is and I'm kind of helpless and we kind of play that victim role and we see that a lot like during the pandemic model because we were so in front of our computer screens self-diagnosing ourselves and doing all the stuff where it was like, oh, I'm too broken, here we go. Like when really the most powerful thing is like, when you claim that you are the artist, the director, the creator of your life, like you get to paint it in whatever way that you want, if you so choose and you stop reacting from your past and you can actually start to create this future. And I think that's the most freeing thing when you can be in this pain, like deep pain that some people can never understand. And you're like, somehow, I heard this podcast one time, somehow this is going to be worth something. <laughs> like, yes. And you just hang on there, you know? 
Wow. I love that. The creator of your own life is very empowering, even just saying that. Is that sort of the coaching that you do with your clients is to try and get them into that mindset? Yeah. So the biggest thing, the women that come to work with me, it's they're at a stage that they see the generational pattern. So they weren't modeled love. They see it from their parents. It's this whole, I've been trying to survive my whole life and I can see my parents didn't have a healthy marriage or they have a marriage I didn't want or my aunts, my uncles and whatever. And so they choose that it started with them, right? Like you get to that point where you realize like, I am the common denominator in every single thing in my life. And so that's the type of people that I work with where they're like, okay, I I recognize I'm the common denominator and now I'm ready to fully do something. And so like a phrase I often say is like, it started with you, it ends with you and it begins again with you. And you get to start your next story and you get to do the next thing that you want to do. What is that? But that only comes from actually doing this inner work of like, okay, I take ownership over my life and I'm ready to kind of sit in the suck for a little bit so I can actually paint a new future. Yes. And so what's typically the catalyst for people to come and work with you? Oh, goodness. Some type of breakup or relationship thing or a familial thing. Like it really is people just, can I swear on this podcast? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. (laughs) And like it's people getting sick of their own shit. Like they sit in some type of way and they're like, I have been cheated on. I've been manipulated. I've been angry. I have this type of thing. I have no sex drive. I've hated my body this long. I've done this thing. I've been, you know, I thought this achievement within my business was going to give me some type of, you know, relief, but I realize no dollar amount in my bank account is ever going to give me this satisfied feeling. So now what? Like it's this like chase, this hungry ghost that they're like, I realize I am never going to be satisfied and I need to somehow come back to myself. And they won't even say it originally of that, but it's like, they're going through a breakup. It's a divorce. There's a health scare or something. There's like a repetition in their cycles. And they're like, I need to do something because I want to call in love. I want to be happy. Like, what is this happy thing that I keep seeing? You know? <laughs> You're where? What is that? And can I have some of that? <laughs> exactly. Oh, wow. Well, and so when we spoke a couple of weeks ago, um, we had a really interesting conversation about the relationship between trauma and creativity. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, this is one of those things where it goes back to being the artist of your life, especially Mm -hmm. if you've been through something where it invites you into what do I want to do next? You know, a lot of times, and I remember when we were chatting, I was like, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be a fit for like what you're looking for, but like, this is the way that I view it. Like I was one of those people where I'm like, I'm uh, hear me sing and watch me draw. Like I am the least creative human being on this freaking planet. Like this is not the way that I do it. But if I look at my life, I looked at my life and like none of us in my family were modeled love. None of us, like no one is married. No one has healthy relationships. No one, you know, everyone has been through the things that I've been through. And so when you actually get to sit and you go, okay, what do I want to do now? right? Like how can I make an impact? You get to then create the next step. And that's how I view trauma and looking at subconscious reprogramming. It's like you start to take ownership and you start to get to actually create the narrative that you want. And you get to step into something that is uniquely yours and you become this artist of your life, whether it's the way that you dress, whether it's the way you show up, like you truly are this artistic expression of 
you. And I don't know if that happens without something rocking your socks. Because oftentimes, if something doesn't scare you, you stay comfortable and you keep repeating your cycles, right? Like you do. Unfortunately, like I used to be like, oh, you can hear stories. And like, then you learn and you do the things. I'm like, I haven't really met anyone that's been that. It's like something big happened in your life. And it doesn't have to be like how mine is, where it's like sexual assault, domestic violence, things like that. Mm. It could be a breakup. It could be food poisoning. It could be something that rocked your socks that was like, I want to create a different thing. I want to get healthier. I want to do something. And then you get to become this like beacon of, okay, so then what, you know, here's my Mm. past and here's what happened to me, but now I'm going to write a new story and I'm no longer defined by my past. I'm writing a different story. I'm creating a different life and your art, your life becomes your art. And that from there gets to be something that's freeing. Your life becomes your art. I love that. So it's making like conscious selections on how you're going to move forward with your life. Exactly. Instead of painting the picture, like, you know, it's, you look at the stats, you look at all the things, like someone like me isn't supposed to be where I'm at. You know, if you look at my track record, that's not supposed to be it. It's supposed to be, you know, I have notes in my phone. That's like, I wasn't going to make it to 25. I wasn't going to make it to 30. You know, it's, it's all these things where it's like, but look at that. Here we are running this global movement, talking on podcasts, doing our things, speaking on stages, like being written in magazines and doing this stuff because you chose to write a different story. That's your art. And that should be celebrated, you know? Yes. Yeah. So how do you do that? What's the first step? (laughs) Radical ownership. like Radical ownership. What is that? (laughs) It's, you have to, it's this vice between a lot of us don't want to take responsibility because that means we're at fault right? If we see something, it's, I take responsibility for every single thing that's happened in my life, right? Every single thing, my mom passing from addiction, the sexual assault, the domestic violence, the drug abuse, the alcohol abuse, the people that I've hurt because of how much hurt I had, you know, we struggle with wanting to do that because we think that means we're at fault. I'm not at fault for any of that. You know, I am responsible because I choose to write a different story. If I'm constantly trying to look and blame anyone outside of myself, I'm giving them the power of writing my story Mm. of what comes next, of the freedom of my mind, of my soul, of my anger, of my love. If I'm constantly looking for them going, well, it's their fault that I'm this way. And I get, and I was that person, right? I I am this person. I get to be this way. I get to do what I want. Of course, I'm going to use drugs and drink this way and date men like this and do this because look at what happened to me and da 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 Instead of, yeah, those things happened. Look at what I did. Look at what I built. Yeah. Because I own it. I own it. It's just, it's a different way of it. And none of that means you're at fault. Like we really have to sit in that where it's like, you're not at fault for anything that's happened to you, but you are responsible for what comes next and who you become because of it. Mm, Yeah. I never, I guess I never thought about it, but I never thought that there was a difference between taking ownership and accepting fault. For me, they were kind of the one and the same, but you're separating it out saying, yes, that did happen. No, it didn't. It's not because of me, but it is part of me now. Exactly. And it's it's not like it shifts the narrative of like, even yes, it is because of you, like something somewhere, whatever. But if you continue to go, like if I get mad at the person that assaulted me, 
right? Mm-hmm. Several times. If I get mad at all those people, so they're the only ones that can give me happiness. If they are punished or if they get whatever, why am I giving them my happiness? Why am I giving them anything? They already tried to take it. I'm not going to give them that. I'm going to take the radical ownership of that was a version of me that had to learn a lesson that I had to learn. And now who am I becoming because of this? Mm. Am I going to keep waiting for an apology from an ex-boyfriend? Am I going to keep waiting for an apology from these people? Am I going to wait for somehow these things to happen in my life or I'm just going to move and do the best thing where I'm going <laughs> to, the hardest thing, I'm actually going to forgive the past version of myself and the shadow and the shame and the guilt and the remorse and the anger that that little cute little chicken nugget held on to you. I'm going to do that work because that's what's within my control. The other things, if someone ever apologizes or if someone ever takes ownership, even when they do, and I'm sure your listeners can think of this, even when someone does apologize, it's still not good enough. Let's be honest. It's not that they didn't say it right. They didn't mean it right. They didn't hold the eye contact long enough. And yet you're giving away your power and you're closing your love off. Your your best art is your open heart. Like it really is in your love and like how much love can you have and how much love can you keep open as opposed to, you know, giving someone the power over that. Oh, well, I got bruised before and I got cheated on and they did this. Close your heart, close your heart, close your heart giving away your power, giving away your power, giving away your power. Like what a gift it is to go, actually, I'm going to keep my heart open and I'm going to do the craziest thing. I'm going to move on with my life with love. Yes. <laughs> so it's, it's really about that um, internal locus of control about mm-hmm. I'm con- in control of me and my body and my emotions and my thoughts around this. They do they can do whatever they want over there, apologize or not apologize, but I need to be comfortable with that either way. Exactly. And it's seeing everything and it takes a lot to get to this point, but seeing everything through a lens of lens, lens of love. Like if I can look back at any of my abusers, or I can look at my mother, I can look at my father, I can look at the things. It's like, actually, for example, I had a therapy session today and she took me back in EMDR. We took went back to the scene with my mother and it's one of the most pivotal life-changing moments. And even my younger self was just like witnessing my mom being like, no one was there to support you. Like, how can I even get mad at you if you had no idea how to be an adult in this moment? Like, how, how can I even get mad? And if I stay mad at you, then I'm going to be 30 years old from a moment when I was 16 being mad at you. You're not even on this planet anymore. Like none of this would do anything for me. And if I'm here to do things through a lens of love, it's just like to sit there and be like, okay, like I can give you compassion. Like not that I'm going to dismiss or disassociate from poor behavior or reassociate with people that are abusive or things like that. But it's like anyone that hurts you, that's a reflection of them, not you. A hundred percent of the time. And so sitting there instead of taking that wound on and being like, oh, I'm not lovable. Oh, I'm undeserving. Oh, I'm on these things. It's like you just sit there and you're like, you know, I'm lovable. And what you have to offer isn't a match. And that's your pain. And that's your story. And I'm not taking that on. Mm. So how do you, once you sort of do that and you're like, okay, I'm in control. I'm the artist of my own life, the creator of whatever my future can be. How do people know where they want to go with that? That's such a 
big thing. I can imagine that's so then, overwhelming. Yeah. The big thing of like, what's my purpose? What do I do now? Like the freaking million dollar question. If anyone yeah. can answer that one, let me know. <laughs> it's literally <laughs> like the, uh, the question is always like, what's my purpose? And I was on an interview earlier today where it's like, she gave the example where it's like, go back to your childhood and you know what you liked then and that could be a good place to start like what did you like before the trauma happened who were you before the trauma happened and honestly it's exploring that but more importantly in the way that i do it is if we're trying to double what we did before there's this really good book called the gap in the game that has changed my life where it's like if we're trying to double what we did before we're comparing it to the past and our past is the thing that we're trying to outrun that doesn't really make sense so if you can actually sit with yourself and think of who you want to like what is that 10x version of you the one that is wildly in love doing whatever it is their day-to-day all that kind of stuff like i don't know for me it's like okay i'm a mom i'm doing pilates i'm making millions of dollars i'm speaking on stages i'm healthy as a horse like here's my 10x i have no idea okay what right now do i need to do to get there what's that one percent okay, I need to eat healthy meals. I need to network, get on some podcasts. I need to take care of my body and go on a walk. I need to read and study and do things like, okay, cool. I need to meditate. Okay. I can do all of those are within my control. I don't need to be so hung up on this. Like, well, here's what I need and here's where I got to move. And here's my 10 X. And like that paralyzes us, but also looking at the past is going to sometimes when you're haven't yet gotten to a space of regulation that's going to make us feel too broken and unlovable so it's like okay let's look to the future a little bit to see what we want let's see how far we've already come because we left that situation and we're taking radical ownership and we're comparing from our past and now we're being proud of who we are right now and what's that one percent to get you closer your one percent is going to look way different than mine because i don't know do you want to speak on stages in front of hundreds of thousands of people do you want to write this who knows maybe you just want to be a mom and you want to do pilates and you just want to drink tea like okay perfect what is that one percent and can you connect with that now because finding your purpose <laughs> people get purpose and I have a good, I have a friend named Steph. We actually do a podcast once a month on this and she's a purpose-driven coach where it's like, we, we always bust these myths because we think it has to do with like where we make money. Like, okay, I went through this. I'm now taking ownership and I'm doing this. Okay. Let me go make money. And it's like, no, like, can you just fall in love with your life again? Like, how do you get back to love? How can you feel into your heart again? How can you feel like, can you giggle, like actually giggle like you did like a child? Like, what does that mean to you? Like, what is your art? What is what is your way of expression? And I think we overcomplicate it so that we can excuse not doing it as opposed to going back to, and I think this is what my guest had meant by what she was saying is like, go explore like you did as a kid, like go and like be in those spaces where it's like, it doesn't have to be a big deal. You can't mess it up. Like go build a fort, go do something, go to a comedy show, like go paint with your fingers, like do something that is silly. But is it getting you more into alignment of this 10x version of you? And then don't get so hung up on how much you have to do. Just do 1% better than you are doing. Mm, kind of go, I think like if saying going back to your childhood, it's it's kind of like with an open mind. You know, kids don't yeah. have preconceived ideas of a lot of things. <laughs> it's 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 like not a not a lens of love as you said, Bob, but a kid lens. Look at it with exactly. fresh eyes and an open mind. 
Exactly. It's just like go explore. Like that's, I always have uh, once a week, I'll have like an inner child day where I'm like, okay, what do we feel like doing? And I'm like, one time we did this and I was like, I feel like climbing a tree. And I like looked around at my partner at the time and I was like, but I'm 30 years old and I think they might call the cops. Like, I don't like that. I'm like, wow. We're just randomly on a walk and those 30 olds being a monkey. Um, but just like being okay with that before, you know, we think we can really mess everything up and do it wrong. It's like, how can you get it wrong if you're just trying to explore who you are? You can't really get that wrong, you know? Yeah. Because that's what I think creativity is, is um, just that curiosity and exploration and then and somewhat exploring yourself and trying to tap into what makes you the most happy. What like What is creativity to you? Mm, it would be that exploration. You know, it's, it's an everyday thing. Is it your business? Is it your life? Is it your body? Is it your nutrition? Is it actual art? Are you making music? It's how you're living your day, day to day. And that's where, yeah. And it's so funny because I think I told you this where it was like when I was younger and I got like a reading or something and they're like, you're going to be a creative human being. And I was like, what? Like, have you seen anything I do in art class? Like, you have no idea. But now looking at it, I'm like, oh, I'm one of the most creative people I know because every day is like a new idea here and da 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 da. And here's a brand and here's a vision and here's the way that I speak and here's the personality that I am today because every day is Halloween. So I'm going to dress myself in a different way every day because this is how I want to explore. I think that is the gift because if you look at a child, that's who they are. One day they're a princess. One day they're an astronaut. One day they're doing this. They speak like this because they go here. Like it's the cutest thing. And I really think we just need to bring that back. We just need to bring it back and everyone will be happy little chicken nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like truly expressing yourself. And actually that reminds me that when we did speak a while ago, you said something about you, when you're going through trauma, you're trying to be keeping your head down and stay in the herd. Yet creativity yeah. is stepping out of that and, and looking to be seen as your true self. Exactly. I forgot that I said that. It's so true because when you so go profound. through trauma, you want to shrink yourself. Like It's like you just want to be in a shell. You're afraid of being seen. You're afraid of being heard, but you have this like love in your heart and you want to go outside of the box and explore yourself. And so when you can dismantle the trauma, the shell, the protectors, as I like to call them, and you can actually open up yourself to explore who you are, you realize how like freaking cute you are, you know, and just, like <laughs> this creative genius. And I see it with all my clients. It's like, I want to be seen, but I'm afraid. And we see this with brands. We see this with entrepreneurs. We see this with creatives. It's very common. It's like, I have this big vision that I want, but I'm afraid because what if I get rejected or what if I get hurt or what if, you know, something happens. And it's like, when you know yourself, and you heal yourself to such a degree, nah, who cares? Like, yeah, of course it's going to sting. Like, you're human. We go through a human experience. But when you can come out of that shell and let yourself be seen, let yourself be loved, let yourself bloom, what a gift that is. Like, what a gift when you start finally take off that protective shield and armor and all the things you built up that told you you weren't lovable, so you had to be quiet or you had to do this thing, and you just crack that open. It's like, ah. Oh, there you are. We've been waiting all along. <laughs> <laughs> like lifting a weight off your shoulders, right? Mm -hmm, exactly. So is a lot of your work um, 
going through that saying like, what is the worst that could happen if you did this or, or yeah. helping build people's confidence up in that area to bounce back if something bad does happen? A lot of my work is to build safety in the present moment so you could build resiliency for the future. Because the biggest thing I see, it's more so the fear of success. Like, what if it does work out? What if these things happen? And then I can't handle it. And then this happens. And then this happens. And I'm like, so you're afraid of it working out? Like, I'm afraid of falling in love. But what if they leave? I'm like, let's worry about just falling in love first. Let's just worry about that the first part. And then we're fine with the rest. Like, we'll figure it out. But it's that part. Because it's like, well, what if I have success and I lose it all? What if I fall in love and he cheats? What if I fall in love and he finds out I'm too broken? I'm like, worry about the per- first part. The first, let's just go on one date first, actually. Let's get to that part before we start creating these wild experiences. So it's more so that, and it's the somatic, it's the neuroscience, it's it's what's underneath all these blocks so that they can fully step into their lives with confidence. Yeah, that one step at a time that you said earlier, <laughs> it's that journey, to that first 1%. Now, you mentioned the word again, somatic again. So what is that exactly? Yeah, so I am a somatic attachment therapy coach. Um, so a lot of us do a lot of cognitive therapy. We know that. It's talk therapy. In this, in my industry, the reason I'm in it is there's a whole bunch of fluff. And I know I speak fluffy, like thinking and make it so. But mm-hmm. it, there's science in the way that I do things and the way that I break it down. And this is why my archive and my work, it's really subliminal programming and getting into this working. But moving from somatics is our primary language. We learn to speak with our body before we could even get words out when we were kids, right? Like we would be rolling over and we were doing and grabbing and things. And this is, this is how we did everything. That's our primary language. And so I help clients that are very brain forward that have been probably in therapy for decades of their life, get into the body because trauma is what's stored in the body. You can't talk your way out of it because with trauma, trauma is an event. A lot of us think it's like, like I said, war, domestic violence, the big things, but it, it doesn't matter what it is. Somewhere in your life, something happened and an emotion froze. Therefore, that's how we have our personalities. You know, when you say you don't like someone's personality, what you're saying is you don't like the way that they have grown up to learn to protect themselves because an emotion frozen plays. The emotion is frozen within the body. So I go in through my subconscious reprogramming and I walk clients through this to unfreeze that emotion. So they no longer have that habit, that belief system, that pattern, that that stuckness, and it can actually move through them in a safe way. So long way of saying that is I connect the body to the mind and the mind to the body so that they can actually break the cycles that they've been stuck within. Wow. I mean, it that sounds so straightforward. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like your mind and body should be in sync. But I think that we don't we don't think about that enough. You know, oh, and, never. And, you know, especially if you're going through, you know, like a crazy period in your life and your brain is just going wild and then you're like, no, oh, got to keep going to work. I've got to keep doing this thing and to stay in your routine <laughs> when really maybe you should be slowing down and starting to think to your head and go, why am I thinking that way? And, and, and start to do the work on that. Exactly. Like the biggest thing is often it's like, oh, I'm not okay. Let me go find something that's going to make me okay. Let me go date the person. Let me go achieve this. Let me go buy this. Let me go drink this. Let me go take this. I'm going to go figure out why I'm not okay. As opposed to 
or I'm going to go find something to make me be okay. As opposed to what my work is, which is I'm not okay. Why am I not okay? Can I go within my own body to figure out why am I not okay? Why is this cycle repeating itself? Why do I have depression? Why do I have anxiety? Why is this pattern in my relationship happening? Why can't I feel pleasure? What's going on here? Why am I having these financial things? Because, you know, the clients I work with, it's the same thing. Money and relationship, I can almost bet they're the same thing for you. And it's like, why do I have these patterns? And so we get to go within the body to figure out why that's happening. Because even though you can consciously say you want something, I'm going to bet there is so much underneath it. Otherwise, you would have it. You know, and so we have to get the body and regulation around that. Mm, wow. And I mean, there'd be so much um, self-talk. <laughs> You'd have to silence or uh, unlearn or reframe as part exactly. of that. Exactly. Mm. It's, it's witnessing that inner dialogue and not believing it, which is the hardest job we will ever do because it has been running our lives our entire lives. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you said before that you never thought that you were creative and now you realize that you are creative because you've obviously broadened your mind to what creativity is. It's not necessarily just the uh, the pure arts, right? It's it's all these other things and being an, an entrepreneur is such a creative thing because you're problem solving every day, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> Do you reflect on that much? Like, do you think about what your life is like now you've accepted that you are a creative person? Oh, yes. Like, it's so fun to me that my friends think I'm absolutely crazy. Like, I have friends in, like, the normal, quote-unquote normal world. I have, like, not even, let me be honest. I have, like, half of one friend. The rest of my friends are very much like me. And we know we are basically space cadets and aliens. And we don't, like, anytime we, like, try and do a normal thing, we're like, oh, our conversations are very different than these ones. And, like, we live in this little entrepreneur bubble. And then you step outside of it sometimes and you're like, wait, what? What is this foreign land out here? And then you get to be, like, you, like, remember when. And you're like, remember when I, I did that? And now I'm this and this is my creative genius and like trying all these different things and who do I want to be today and who do I want to be in 10 years and two months like what's going on here and it's it's so fun it's just my friends are always like who are you today like what are you doing and I'm like we don't know we'll figure it out that <laughs> <laughs> sounds very freeing <laughs> freeing yes, to me so. giving you permission to be your crazy self Exactly. And like for so many years, I don't know if any of your listeners like this are you, where it's like, I was that kid where it's like, I'm listening to rap music, but I'm also emo, but I'm like the basketball player with like the bows in her hair. And like, I could never be placed. I had all these different groups Mm. that none of them I actually belonged to because I didn't belong to them because I wasn't like them. But like, as a kid, if you don't belong, you're bullied, which is what happened. And so it's this constant thing. And then you're like, oh, that's just how it's supposed to be all along. (laughs) supposed to be weird yeah (laughs) that's your chosen journey (laughs) yes exactly oh that's so cool I love that idea that yeah you can't be pinned down into um you know one box one label um because we're you know we're all multifaceted people with many interests and you know I when you were saying that I was like yeah I agree like sometimes I dress like all in all pink and really lovely and then other times I dress like you know, like a hipster. <laughs> and, and it's like, and I don't have to choose one style to express myself. It depends on how I'm feeling that day. 
Exactly. And it's so freeing. And you're like, this is me. Like, I'm just all these things. Look at my closet. We don't really know what it is. Like, it's just, I always say it to my clients or it's like every day is Halloween. Who do you want to be? Like, don't be stuck into who you were yesterday. It really gets to be so fun. Is it going to be confusing to your husband? A thousand percent because men are not like this, but it's fine. Like if you own it and you're sure of it, everyone else will get on board with it. (laughs) It's it's back to being the artist of your life, you know, all these micro selections. That's where your creativity can come out. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Oh, wow. That was, um, that was uh, an interesting conversation in which I didn't know which direction that was going to go today, which is a, um, a lovely feeling at the beginning of a podcast, <laughs> just to go, I'm just going to ask some questions and we'll just see what happens. But um, thank you so much for joining me today, Laura. Thank you so much. And this is such a, it's a fun way to like reflect in a different way about my work. And I really enjoy it. And I really, it's a pleasure to be here and what you're doing. It's, it's a gift. Ah, thank you. And I'm sure that all our listeners have learned a lot today. So I want to um, say thank you to everyone who has tuned in to Creativity Uncovered today. Um, And I really hope that this episode has inspired you to start making little micro creative choices in your life (laughs) and that it does help you summon creativity the next time that you need it. If you've made it this far, a huge thank you for your support and tuning into today's episode. Creativity Uncovered has been lovingly recorded on the land of the Cubby Cubby people, and we pay our respect to elders past, present, and emerging. This podcast has been produced by my amazing team here at Crisp Communications, and the music you just heard was composed by James Gatling. If you liked this episode, please do share it around and help us on our mission to unlock more creativity in this world. You can also hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any new episode releases.